This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. have everything that we need and we know we're not alone and sometimes you will feel alone your kids family others uh, around you workers they all make bad decisions they don't love the lord they don't walk in his ways you're going to feel alone you're going to take some stands and you're going to feel alone and you're going to need to know that you're not alone he says you come to me you ask me anything that you need you're alone i'll provide a church or a body or people i'll provide what it is that i know you need but just listen to me, stand with me, walk with me. We've got some great works ahead, greater works than these, in fact. Prayer is a privilege and one that we need to exercise a lot more. God knew that in this life you might feel lonely, but the Lord, your provider, never intended for you to be alone. He wants you to know that He's with you. The Lord desires for each person to be in a relationship with Him and with others as a reminder that you're not abandoned. Whether that's a church, family, or others in your life, God will provide everything you need. Pastor Troy shares in today's message that you're not alone. Whenever you feel isolated or far from God, you can always go to Him in prayer. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John chapter 14 with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. What's the more important work? Physical acts of healing? Physical acts of walking on water? Physical things? Or... A transformed heart. Salvation. Souls, especially a lot of souls. Which is the greater work? But Jesus gave us that answer too because when he was going to heal the, the paralytic, remember the friends brought the paralytic, four friends brought him, and his first thing said, hey, your sins are forgiven you. That's important work right there, salvation. But so that you can know I did the greater work, he asks them, which is, which is harder? Which is more difficult to do? Tell someone your sins are forgiven you or to say, rise up and walk. Well, the harder thing to do is to say, rise up and walk, because then people can watch and see if it actually happens. And I can say, your sins are forgiven you to anybody. I can walk all over it. It doesn't mean their sins are forgiven. I can do it with all the authority I can muster. And I have to prove nothing to anyone. But when I say, rise up and walk, oh boy, that's harder. Because I got a, I mean, I got evidence right here. But in doing this, Jesus had said the greater work was that of salvation. Jesus never left his Jewish uh, surroundings. He came to the people of Israel. He came to the lost people who are lost in Israel. He didn't go out to Asia Minor, to Rome, to Europe. His scope, his extent, was not as far. Did you realize that within the first few months after Jesus left, went up to be with the Father, His resurrection, in just the first few months alone, more people were saved than in Jesus' entire lifetime? 
greater works than these, you are going to see lives changed and in big ways. So they were able to do those greater works, but why? Well, because when he went to be with the Father, he would send a helper, this, this helper. He sent the Holy Spirit. There's a key phrase there which says, because I go to my Father. You're going to do greater works than these because I go to my Father. What happens there is that Jesus sends his Holy Spirit so that now each person can walk with Jesus and his power. Before, you had to be physically with him, walking around so you could see it. But now, Jesus has reproduced himself. The Holy Spirit is in his people, and we can all walk with Jesus. I can go, I'm walking with Jesus, and you at the same time somewhere else, I'm walking with the Lord. And his power is available, greater in extent. Let me be honest with you, though. If you really want to see the greater works being done, which are still taking place around the world today, then you may want to get involved in world missions. We live in a country where we are drenched with the Bible, drenched with Bible teaching, drenched. We're going to this Bible study, that Bible study, listening to this. We, we, I used to use this method, but now this. We are so drenched, all we can do is sit around and be soggy sometimes. Listen, on, listen to a Bible study on the way to church. Listen to a Bible study at church. Listen to worship and a Bible study on the way home. We are drenched. But if you were to go to some of these places, Africa and India, where they're starved for truth and for the Word of God, When they travel, they'll travel a couple of miles on foot to get to church. They get to church, and if the pastor stops after an hour and a half, they go, look, I walk two hours, at least match me. Make it worth my time. Teach the Bible. Come on, I am here. Not when you're drenched, though. That's not how it happens. Pastor's going long. It's on third point. I got to go to Walmart today. Is there a way? Hey, hey, is there a way? Hey, scoot over towards the end. Scoot over towards the end so we can get out of here. Wait till he pauses. Or as soon as he, you know, like, oh, no, we need our escape route now. Wake up. <laughs> but not there. See, and that's why not much can be done here. That's where we're at. That's our desire for the word. Your thirst for it is like, you want more? I'm good. I was good a long time ago. But you ask someone who has a real thirst, they can't get enough. So we have the privilege of proportion. We are in the family business. We got to get outside of our American mindset and we got to seek the Lord. Maybe we got to get out of America and get involved in global missions to see the things that God is doing all over the world. The greatest work is not the physical healing of the body. It is the life-changing work of salvation in the heart of a person. That's something God wants us to be about. Everything that we do moves toward that end. It's never about us. It's always about His plan. So the privilege of purpose, of proportion, now verse 13. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. 
All right, the final privilege we'll talk about today is the privilege of prayer. And it is a privilege. So, the natural question that the disciples might have at this point is, okay, we're going to do greater works than these. How? You're going away. You're not coming with me. You can come later. And I want you to do, and greater works than these are you going to do. I like the idea, but how? How's that going to happen? And that's why he answers this way. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Oh, that's some good context there. That helps us understand that. Guys, we need to understand what this means. We really, really do. Because prayer is a privilege. Prayer is tapping into the resources, the author, the one who has everything. This means that when we pray, we close the gap between what I'm able to do and what he's able to do. The gap is closed because he's able to do. And the scripture says we can do all things through Christ. Not because we mention his name, but through him. Walking in him, we can do all things through Christ. It's a strength. So we need to be careful with this text because there are a lot of um, false teachings on this portion of Scripture. It goes along with that name it, claim it, prosperity kind of a genre. This is not a blank check for the believer so that we go, anything you ask in my name, I'll do it. I'm a child of God. I'm in his name. All right. I claim this. I claim that. I claim this. It's not a blank check for you to wield wherever you want. And if you have enough faith and you believe it enough, you'll get it. Can you imagine yourself? And you're not even God. But I think you can fit these shoes here. Can you imagine just taking your credit card, still active, plenty of balance? You go, hey, here, two-year-old son, go for it. You know how to use it, right? Go for it. Just go for it. You're my child. Would you ever do that? Why would you think God would do that for you? You can't go around claiming, well, I'm mature. (laughs) No, no, we're not that mature. Okay, you're a three-year-old. Four-year-old, we're not near where God is. He has all understanding. He has full knowledge. It's his plan. We don't see it all. We're not in the full no. And so, no, he does not give us this blank check to claim and accept and believe for everything we want. Lest we look like that little two-year-old claiming and crying, I want that candy, I want this. It just looks like you're just a crybaby. And the Lord does not raise up crybabies. He raises up from babyhood to adulthood and maturity. And as we grow, we are more dependent on him than we ever were before because we realize our desperate need. We go from knowing that we need to pray once a week or once a month to going, I need to pray every day. I need you, Lord. I didn't realize how much of my life I waste. So God, help me. So it's not a blank check. Unfortunately, it's been taught that way. It's not true. It's not what Jesus is saying at all. Um, here's, here's a couple of reasons why. There's a qualifier given in verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. In my name, this I will do. And in verse 14, the same thing. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In the ancient times, and even today we could identify with this, but in ancient times, a person's name, you went in and you went in someone's name, 
then what was looked at was the character of that person and the reputation of that person whose name you're using. They would look into that. They would go, okay, let me give you an example. Let's say a chef, an owner of a restaurant, a great restaurant, tells you, hey, you know what? You tell them, I sent you, you tell them these words at the front desk, and they will give you the best table, and they will give you the best service, I guarantee it. So what you'll do is you'll go to it. Now, the staff are going to listen to the request and the name drop, but they're going to consider the reputation of the name. Like, he's never, ever done that before. Did this guy just get his name? And he's trying to use his name? Because this is in line with the character of our owner. So the, the, the name and the character and the reputation of the one who has given the name drop, given permission for the name drop, is at stake and on the line and must be checked. But if he does, and he gives you this certain thing, certain word, certain phrase, say this, and they walk in and go, oh, that's our boss. Okay, cool. I know the cue. Then here's what happens. And we're going to take you to this table. And we're going to treat you well. So it's a name drop, but it's within the context of the name, the person's name. So what you're doing is you're using the person's name, their character and reputation to make a request. Stay tuned to hear more from today's teaching on Building on the Solid Rock. Pastor Troy Neely has been sharing insights from God's Word with us, and he'll have much more to share in the next part of this message. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we pray you've been encouraged and challenged by what you've heard. If you've been touched by this program, or if you have any questions about Building on the Solid Rock, we'd love to hear from you. Send an email to info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. You can also find out more about this program by visiting buildingonthesolidrock.com. Listen to previous teachings as well, and even subscribe to our podcast. Now, here's Pastor Troy with more of today's message. To pray in the name of Jesus doesn't mean to add a little tagline at the end like you just trumped God. Like, God, I want this car. Nope, I'm not going to give it to you. In Jesus' name. Oh, man. All right, you can have it. How foolish is that? It's just not the way it is. So in Jesus' name means to speak and to ask for something that is consistent with what Jesus would be asking for and what he's encouraged you to ask for. It's part of his plan and purpose. It's what you need or what needs to happen so that you can do what God wants you to do. His character is, is something that you need to consider. And the Father's glory is something that should always be considered too. So when you toss up your prayers, you cry out to the Lord in your next prayer request, rather than just adding at the end the token phrase in Jesus' name, like it's just the token thing you add on, instead, Consider whether what you're asking for is really consistent with his character and if, it's cons- and if it's for his glory. That's what that means. You don't even have to say the line in his name. You need to come in his name. It's good in Jesus' name. That's fine. But just make sure you come in his name. A lot of, um, I, I say this because, and I'm guilty of this also, so I'm, I'm with you. But I think, I believe, and I've even noticed, that a lot of our give me 
and help me prayers. And that's what a bulk, a bulk of them are. Give me and help me. And that's said, said short. But, you know, Lord, things are falling apart. That's help me. Um, Lord, our resources, give me. You know, help me, give me. So the bulk of our help me and give me prayers have little to do with serving him, fulfilling his plan, or helping us in our faith, to grow in our faith. Usually, our give me and help me prayers are more about making things more comfortable for us. I don't want to see my child. Help me. I don't want to feel this way. Money, money, Lord, I don't want to have to claim this, and so I don't want to be, I'm your child, Lord, bless us, we're so sorry, give us, and it's really more about me being comfortable or not being embarrassed or my comfort. We ask really for ourselves, and not because we're concerned about his will, his glory, his plan, in conjunction with his purposes. Well, prayer is a privilege calling card for the believer so that as we believe and walk by faith, we have everything that we need and we know we're not alone. And sometimes you will feel alone. Your kids, family, others uh, around you, workers, they all make bad decisions. They don't love the Lord. They don't walk in his ways. You're going to feel alone. You're going to take some stands and you're going to feel alone. And you're going to need to know that you're not alone. He says, you come to me. You ask me anything that you need. You're alone, I'll provide a church or a body or people. I'll provide what it is that I know you need. But just listen to me. Stand with me. Walk with me. We've got some great works ahead. Greater works than these, in fact. Prayer is a privilege and one that we need to exercise a lot more. James summed it up this way. James 4, 2, and 3. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you might spend it on your own pleasures. And this isn't just on our pleasures, but our own level of comfort. I just want you to make me more comfortable, Lord. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to worry about things. I don't want, you name it. God needs us to worry about certain things, but so that we stop worrying And learn that we're going to be okay when it's in his hands. That we're going to be fine. It should be our desire to learn what God's up to and to be a part of it. What are you doing, Lord? Where are you working? Because I want to stop trying to knock down doors. And I want to walk where you've placed me. Where you're leading me. where, Where you've given me. Sometimes there's a choice to be made. Sometimes we can hold on to the things we want and the things that God is doing, but that only happens for a while. At some point, uh, there comes a time where you have to let go of certain things that are not what God wants so that you can continue holding on to what God wants. It's called growing in the Lord. You can't hold on to everything you want. You've got to let go of the wants for what He wants for you. We can do a lot of things for the Lord physically. We really can. Some, because you're really organized, you're able, you're very talented or whatever it is, you can do a lot for the Lord physically. But the greater work isn't about a physical work. The greater work is about spiritual renewal. A real work of the Spirit of God in the lives of those who are around. We can't see it. We can't see where He's working it. 
We can't see what's going on. Sometimes it's confusing. But what we need to do is trust that he knows and that he'll accomplish it. And he'll accomplish it using us if we'll let him. But we've got to let him. Sometimes we've got to stop focusing on one fight. The enemy will distract some of us with one fight. I'm fighting right here. Here's my battlefront. And there's no fruit. Nothing's changing. Nothing's happening. And we get that scripture that says, don't cast your pearls before swine. Stop it. You get drained from this. So instead, water where things want to be watered. Hey, there's a lot of those want to be watered, so go there. There's needs here. You can help here. Share what God's given you here. Right where you're at. And stop getting distracted with the one-on-one thing or the, the battle right here that you're never going to win. Let God use you because this is how our joy gets drained from us is we don't keep walking. We don't trust the Lord enough to go, okay, Lord, I'm going to disengage and leave this battle to you and I'm going to walk and I'm going to enjoy what it is you want to do in and through my life. Stop trying to get what we want, forcing things to happen and just let God do what he wants to do. Let me close with a few things that we should keep in mind as we seek to enjoy these privileges for believers. One, you're, you're not a manufacturer of God's work. You're just a distributor. You don't have to create anything. You don't have to try to figure out what it is. You just walk in it. And I said it earlier, today. It's there today. It's here today. Walk in it. Two, the enormity of the work isn't to destroy us, but to keep us clinging to the Lord. It's hard. Don't have an attitude today with my boss. Oh, they get on my nerves. Oh, man. Well, it's an enormous work to keep you clinging to him so that you go, Lord, I want to let loose. Oh, I've got a really cool one and a funny one, and I just want to let people hear it. And he says, no, you don't. I'm doing a work. And then, so the enormity of the work keeps us clinging to him. The great works are often accomplished in small parts. It doesn't seem like you're doing anything all that significant. I think what we're looking for sometimes is to feel like what I'm doing is significant. Not knowing that if we're serving the Lord, it's significant. We're fellow workers with Him. Lord says, hey, you know what? Why don't you help by taking out the trash? Well, I'm not on trash detail. Why don't you just help by taking out the trash? That little act could minister to people in ways you don't know. A young lady took a short-term babysitting job when she um, started babysitting this girl, this little girl. She uh, would pray with her at bedtime, and when she was there at dinner time, she'd pray with her at dinner time. Well, one day, the dad approached the young woman and asked, have you been teaching my daughter to pray? She thought she was in trouble. Like, oh, no, I went across the boundaries. She goes, yeah, you know, at dinner, I'll pray with her and I'll pray before bedtime when I put her to bed. He goes, you know, just the other day we were having dinner and she started to pray. We, we never pray. And it made me realize we need to get back to church. We've forgotten. And so do you have a recommendation on a good church, somewhere we could go? Thank you so much. She had no idea. She's just babysitting. She's just being godly where she's at. 
she had no idea. Now she, in this story, she got to see the results of it, and you may not. What you need to do is trust that when God asks you to do something, it's important. No matter how small it is. Hey, we're so glad you joined us today for Pastor Troy's teaching in the book of John. If you'd like to hear today's message again, visit our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. There, you'll also find an archive of previous messages from Pastor Troy, as well as information about this radio ministry, Building on the Solid Rock. You might be interested in the church behind this ministry as well, Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to meet you and for you to be a part of our weekly services. For the latest service times, please visit our website. You'll find a link to Calvary Chapel Solid Rock at buildingonthesolidrock.com. From all of us on the production team at Building on the Solid Rock, we'd like to say thank you for tuning in today. We pray you continue to seek God during these times of uncertainty and that you explore what He wants to teach you in His Word. Join us again as Pastor Troy continues sharing from the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come